Hey friends, I'm so glad you're here today. I have a hilarious episode for you. One of my good friends that's absolutely the maven of humorous marketing is joining me. This is an episode like I've never done before. A lot of the content that I bring you is a little bit more serious, more intense around mindset and leadership, faith, those kind of things. This is nonstop laughs. This gal is so funny. You don't want to miss this. And you're going to want to go over and watch her videos. So stay with me. You're in for a treat. Hey there, you're listening to the Living a Limitless Life podcast. I'm Sharon Hughes. And on this show, we talk about mastering your mindset, growing your faith, and becoming the leader you want to be with tips, strategies, and interviews to help you create a life you love. I'm really glad you're here. So come on, let's go. Joining me on the show is Rachel K. Albers, known by her audience as RKA. She is funny as heck. You guys are in for such a treat. I am floored that she would even say yes. This girl, she's she's a one-woman show. She's like watching Saturday Night Live, except more, <laughs> if that's even possible. And she's going to teach you how to put funny back into marketing and stop leaving money on the table. Welcome, Rachel. Well, hello. I love your radio voice. You've got such a wonderful voice for radio. Well, thank you. <laughs> and you can see me. So do I look like I need to just stay on radio? <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. No, you could be on TV too, but it's that nice kind of like there's a calming... You got a little touch of Delilah in you. Just a touch. I, I have a touch of Delilah. Well... I was telling you, this is for the audience before we started rolling, that sometimes when I watch Rachel, she's Charlize Theron, and other times when I watch her, she's Drew Barrymore. She's a goddess. She's always got lipstick that is on point. Like, I think I message you more often to just say, love the lipstick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. You know how to make a girl. I'm just going to keep you around. Just follow me around on a bad day and keep me me in your pocket. I know. All right, girl, let's rock and roll because you are the queen of funny marketing. The queen. I do enjoy uh, being called the queen, so you can keep it coming. (laughs) Well, you have an amazing show, Awkward Marketing. How did you think of that? You do so many amazing characters. You know, it started, so I can't even believe that I didn't think about it. It like came to me in a dream, but it started, Awkward Marketing originally was a Facebook Live show. And I would just show up on Facebook Live and do a little, you know, teachable. And it really was just, you know, me teaching about marketing. But I would have these earlier, years earlier, I had bought the domain Awkward Marketing. I had no idea what I was going to do with it. I just thought it had a ring to it. So I never did anything with it. And then I would do this Facebook Live show and I would have all these like weird moments where I would mess up or I would be like, ah, you know, in the middle of the show. And so I just started calling it awkward marketing. I'm like, this is awkward marketing because I'm awkward, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it kind of took a turn from just your talking head show. When I came up with this idea, I'm like, wouldn't it be fun if I did a live musical, if I did Facebook Live the musical? So that's what I did. I, I did a live musical and I had it set to Joseph and the Amazing Technical Dreamcoat. <laughs> and I showed up live and I sang songs about marketing. And it just struck a nerve. People loved it. They loved it. And it was, you know, I did costume changes and I had characters and I did all the things. 
So I was like, mm. then the same year for Halloween, I thought, oh, I'll do something fun for Halloween. I will dress up each day as a different awkward marketer. This is really how it all began. So like I got a green screen, I got the whole setup and I created these five personas of your top five awkward marketers. I know one of your favorites is in there, Brad. That's where Brad was born. Brad, the Brad bro marketer. Yes, Brad Bosakis. So I did this, this five, this five, the special series that was supposed to be just, you know, for fun to build my list and to just get, you know, attention on the brand. And it just really landed. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. This has got to be the show. Like now I've got to turn this Facebook live show. It's run its course. I'm going to turn it into a pre-referred show. And I'm going to have it like, at the time I was like, oh, it'll be like a marketing variety show. That's how I thought of it in my mind. Um, And yeah, I came up with this format of using sketch comedy to explore marketing and to, you know, because here's the thing, you know, there's a ton of stuff written about and talking about, about marketing. Like it's out there. It's been done. But what I like to tell my clients is sometimes it's not about adding something new to the conversation. Sometimes it's about how you're presenting the information instead of what. And Mm -hmm. so in my case, I was like, okay, this is an entrance. This is a way to make, you know, speaking about marketing fun for people. And, you know, it's any marketer would dreams of creating content that people also see as entertainment. Like if you're watching my content for fun, Mm-hmm. Isn't that the vision? Like that, um, you know, the, the content is also entertainment, and so that's the, that's the origin story of Aquamar, and here we are today. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. It it really is. I don't know how many how many characters do you have now? You have more than five, don't you? Oh, a lot. No, I mean, I'm, I endless, and sometimes I have multiple characters in a scene. I'll tell you what. I just recorded a series that's coming out all this week, and for that, I had to record twenty nine characters. Wow. I don't know what I was thinking, Sharon. I did it all on Sunday. I didn't sleep. I haven't slept in like three days. I, I <laughs> and you have a baby. I know. I do have a. I do have a. She's my assistant. Put her to work. You know. I don't know how you do it all, honestly. Okay, so you were. <laughs> I was watching you. You were live streaming from the airport, <laughs> and you had just gotten done presenting on stage talking about how people leave money on the table. They leave funny on the table. They leave funny mm-hmm. on the table. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like that? Is that like funny money? Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> okay. So what are some ways that they're leaving it on the table? So, you know, the old way of doing business and marketing was just so formal, you know, mm-hmm. brochure language and just everything had to be, it's like you're, your copy and your marketing and your content was like wearing a suit, you know? Mm -hmm. And we all know that the the landscape of business has changed. The landscape of marketing has changed. The internet has made it so, you know, everyone can, anyone can run their own business. And now we have this level of personalization available to us through digital marketing. Mm -hmm. That means we've shifted towards a more human approach. But you have all these brands that are still kind of stuck in that, you know, stuffy, you know, like tight, wear tie type of language, type of approach to their marketing. And I think people are afraid they're going to turn off their audience or they're going to look unprofessional or whatever it might be. And, and yet this, the brands that really build a following, the brands that stick in people's minds, the brands that we want to interact with time and again really do have that human element. They really have a personal touch. And this is why, you know, personal brands are so big these days, but this is why even big brands like 
you've got big brands tweeting and the ones that tweet with a human approach are the ones that we enjoy versus mm-hmm. like, you know, the, you know, businesses and corporate entities that are trying to use Twitter and Facebook and they're just totally failing. So humor is one of the, you know, primary ways that we communicate as people. Because mm-hmm. people always will ask me, they'll be like, oh, but I'm not funny or I don't, I'm not a comedian. Like, how can I, you know, bring humor into my brand? And it's like, you know, when you're at the grocery store and like something weird happens or you like drop the bread or like you bump into the, you know, guy in front of you, it is our natural tendency to break that tension by making a joke, even if the joke isn't very good. And mm-hmm. it's also our natural tendency in moments of tension and just in general in the, in the monotony of life to laugh. And honestly, even if it's not that funny, because we, we want to feel that break from the, you know, from the monotony, as I said, we want to have that relief and that release. And so even those of us that don't consider ourselves funny, I think if you were to be followed around by a camera crew all day, you would find the moments where you naturally, because you're a human being and you communicate with other people are, are bringing humor into your communication and your day. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is what I'm saying about going back to the idea of being human and creating a human brand. Mm-hmm. Humans are naturally humorous and we naturally want to disrupt tension and pain and monotony and boredom and stress with humor. So this is why brands that don't use humor or lightness, I like to call it lightness, because then that kind of changes your approach. Because when you think about it as humor, you think, oh, I got to come up with a joke. Mm-hmm. But brands that bring lightness, that bring relatability, humanness to their marketing mm-hmm. are the brands that really penetrate the noise and, and all of the, the you know, hubbub going around us. So that's how you're leaving funny slash money on the table if you're not using humor. <laughs> well, you have so much amazing content. One of the pieces that I really love, I was just looking at, and it was like seven different ways to repurpose content. And and you pointed out that when you create content, you should be spending 20% of your time creating it, 80% of the time marketing and repurposing it. And I actually opted in. I opted into your freebie because I read through it and I said, holy cow, I am missing out on a lot of opportunities, a lot of opportunities. Yeah, I'll make I mean, sure that that freebie is linked in the show notes below because everybody, heck, yeah, go get it. And it's good. Go get. I learned some things from that, and I it was me teaching, but I I was like, oh. but yeah, because we 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 the old days of blogging used to be it was like produce as much content as possible, mm-hmm. like just make make you know daily if possible. You should be blogging, and that has shifted now that the the internet is so saturated with content. And Google mm-hmm. used to reward you for having a ton of content, even if it was mm-hmm. garbage. Now they penalize you for that. So it's no longer about quantity. It really is about quality. And yeah, I see people all the time. They put all their blood, sweat, and tears into creating like an amazing blog or a podcast mm-hmm. or video. And then they do it. And then they like off to the next one. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure you're getting that in front of as many people as possible. So, and I didn't even coin that idea, by the way. It was Derek Halpern who speaks about the 80-20 role all the time. It's kind of like a marketing mainstay. So I don't want to like take credit for that idea. but you know, again, that's what awkward marketing is. Not necessarily like invent, reinvent, I didn't invent the 80-20 rule, but I did kind of share it in a different way than maybe it's been shared before. Mm-hmm. I used to blog and I know last year I got to the point, I just resented it. 
I was like, it's so frustrating. I'm not going to write something. And then you go, is it resonating? Are people reading it? And then you're, like you said, you're off to the next thing. I kept saying to myself, it's so much easier to talk. And I feel like it gives a better connection as well, because then people are hearing my voice. Because you know, when you read words, sometimes it can be a little bit open to how that person accepts it, because there's no voice fluctuation. So I felt like a lot of exactly. things that I was yeah. writing, I was like, are, are these people connecting? Like, are they getting me? Like really my essence? So here we are. So here In podcast are. land. Look yeah. <laughs> Look at us now. I will admit I am, well, you know what? I, and, and here's the thing, you know, people consume content in different ways mm-hmm. in different places. So I listen to podcasts on my morning walk. And I, but if I'm working or I'm, you know, in the middle of a work day, I would, I do not listen to a podcast because I can't concentrate. So that's when I read. Right. You know, and videos kind of penetrate that, you know, if something grabs my attention, I will watch a, a short mm-hmm. video. Um, but, you know, there's all different types of ways that people interact with content. And mm-hmm. I do advise my clients, I'm like, you need to find a, a core content strategy, circle it around what your strengths are and what you don't hate your life for doing, you know, because right. you hate blogging. You're not going to keep it up. You'll do like three and then you'll be yeah. like, eh, this sucks. I'm done. So yeah. I love what you're doing with your podcast. Oh, thanks. Well, okay. So you, you create like so much content. Do you typically batch? Because I mean, you've got green screens and costumes. I saw your, your piece that you shared the other day where you were out at the Goodwill and you're sourcing wigs and you're trying on clothes and this is a huge time investment. How do you do this? It is indeed. I do batch. I could yeah. not do it without batching. Like, so when I'm coming up with concepts, I kind of have like a little list that I'm building, you know, over several months time, somebody will say something or I'll get an idea and I'll put it in my list so that the next time I'm ready to sit down and kind of plan out my season, I can just go to that list and be like, okay, what are the best ideas? So step one is getting all of the content ideas together. Step two, because I do a video show is once I have the concepts for the videos, then it's like I have to turn them into sketches and characters. So I come up with all the funny ideas and Mm -hmm. and then I have to come up with costumes for them. So I'll do a big trip to Goodwill, typically make a stop at Party City. (laughs) They always have weird things there that I can, you can't find anywhere else. Uh, And then I go to Amazon, get my most of my wigs from Amazon and, uh, and then I'll shoot the video. So I do two kind of rounds of that one day or two, maybe I do like a two day stretch. I'll shoot all the funny characters, all the sketches in one day. And I'll like do the men in the morning because the men, the male characters I do don't wear a lot of makeup. Mm-hmm. And then I do the women second cause they're all wearing makeup. So it just works that way. Mm-hmm. And then I will batch out the part of the show where it's me, Rachel, RKA speaking about marketing. So I do like six or eight in a day. Those are the worst, by the way. It's the worst day. I, I, I dread it. Cause it's like where I have to really deliver the value. So I'm like, ah, oh my God, today's the day I got to really bring it. But I'm always grateful to myself. Like the last season, this whole last season, which just ended, I shot it all in September. And so wow. every week I'll sit there. Well, actually I, I've been staggering it like every couple of weeks, but every couple of weeks I sit down and I edit and I'm so grateful to myself for batching. Cause it's like, there it is. I've got the footage. Now all I have to do is edit it. I don't have to every single week put another video together. And so, so yeah, I mean, now my batching is kind of extreme because there's so many pieces that go into it. But when I was just blogging, I would, you know, spend like a day or two a month trying to create as much blog content for the month. 
And then I was so grateful to myself because those weeks when you're, you know, exhausted or you don't have any ideas or mm-hmm. just don't want to write a blog, it's like, oh, I already wrote a blog or I at least created an outline for one or whatever, you know? Wow. I can't believe you do all your editing too. Girl, friend. Me either. Girlfriend. Me Are you, either. You, know, you should open up a funny school. Like put that on your list. You should teach people how to be funny and have them come in and stick them in a wig and get them to like, you know, draw them out of their their brand. I think I need to fly to see Stick you. them in a wig okay. and make magic happen. I like this idea. I'm going to put that on sales page. Seriously, I should yeah. fly to come and see you because I'm not funny. The one moment in my life was funny that, that I was funny was that sketch I did of Aunt Bet, who was really my aunt and she's passed away. She well, was the mean. best humor, you know what, I'll tell you what, I do stand-up comedy and the best jokes, the best material comes from real life. It has to be inspired by real life. So you are funny. You can, you know, stop telling yourself that story that you're not funny. You got I don't it. know. I think I'm just really a serious person. I'm serious and intense mm-hmm. and okay. just kind of weird. I disagree. <laughs> I refuse. I refuse. Look at you laughing right now. If you're really that because serious. you're funny, because you're funny, and I'm looking at you. <laughs> oh, great! Now you're saying I'm funny looking. Great. Now I'm saying you're funny looking. No, <laughs> <laughs> I am gonna pull some of this video out and put it on social because you have such expressive eyes. When you talk, like you, you bring it. Okay, everybody, you just, you guys all need to go to awkwardmarketing.com and start watching immediately so that you know what I'm talking about. After this episode is over, though, wait until we finish up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you got to listen to everything that Rachel has to say because she is, she is the queen. Let's circle back to that. We call established back. it See, earlier. Look at you. That the is queen. another humorous tactic is you call back a previous statement. The audiences love that. So look at you. <laughs> but it wasn't a funny statement. I don't know. I mean, my husband would say it was funny. He'd be like, queen, ha. <laughs> okay. Maybe we need to bring him in. <laughs> I don't know. I think I need, I need some lessons in being funny because I am pretty, I'm pretty serious. Okay. <laughs> Is Brad available? Hey, I'm always here for you, babe. Hey, Brad, you have a, a really interesting opt-in on your webpage. Oh, I'm, yeah? just, I'm just not quite sure if we're a good fit. How can I be sure if we're a good fit? Well, if you're alive and you want to make tons of money, we're a good fit. I mean, we just connect. You know what I'm saying? So you want to grab that now because it's going away in the next five minutes. Cart is closing on that free opt-in. So get it now or it's gone forever. <laughs> I love that. And that's so true. That is so true. I see that all the time. Get it now. Get it now. Brad is out. He had to go. He's very busy. So um, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, there's, it's not that there isn't a place for scarcity or there isn't a place for urgency because there is like, I'm, I have a course that I run and we do have limited spots because I run it live. I personalize everything to the class that's in there. Mm-hmm. I've got, you know, I give a ton of attention to the group. So there's just, it's not like a evergreen course that anybody could buy at any time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when I say in my sales materials, you know, space is limited, that mm-hmm. is an appropriate, in my opinion, you know, it's an appropriate use of scarcity. Mm-hmm. But when you manufacture scarcity for the purpose of manipulating your audience, I'm just not into that, man. I just don't, you know, and there's another form of scarcity that I think is appropriate, which is that, you know, you've got a launch period. So, right. you know, I think, 
even if you've got an evergreen funnel, it still takes resources and human resources to keep that running because people ask mm-hmm. questions. There's tech problems. You got to make sure everything's you know running smoothly. So it's okay to have a, you know a period of time where something is open and when it's not. But you know you see those marketers that they're literally set, the cart is always closing. Like the cart closes this week, and then next week there's another cart, and then the next week there's another cart, and it's like okay, this is your thing, isn't it? Is closing carts all the time? So. Yeah. I think that some people have really taken that to an extreme. And those are the ones I, I tend to end up unsubscribing to. Because at first you're thinking, like, you, like I, I was watching you talk about something earlier about, oh, you said it was like dating. Like, don't ask for the, don't ask to get married on the first date. You were talking about nurturing. Right. Or even in like the dating, even like in your Tinder profile, you're not going to say, Hey, I'm RKA. Let's get married in your Tinder profile. And that's what a lot of marketers do. They do. And, and like Brad was saying, Hey, you know, if you're alive, you want to make money. We're, we're a great fit. I have fallen for that. I have opted into so many things where you go, Oh, this looks good. But then as they either press me to buy or they send out a nurture sequence that is completely missing the word nurture in it. It's just a icky salesy sequence. I start going, oh my gosh, I feel I feel like now I'm being spammed. Yep. Totally. Yeah. And who among us? Everybody all of us, I think, have have been, you know, fallen for that. And they're they're good, you know, there's there are elements of that approach that are compelling. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree with you. I was just talking to someone from Australia today and he's like, I think it's an American thing to send a million emails. And I was like, you know, good point. I don't know if I follow any Australian marketers who bombard me with emails. I'm going to have to keep my eyes open. So <laughs> oh, we are don't you, do that in the land down under. <laughs> are you originally from Australia? No, but I did live there. No, but I play one on TV. No, um, I did live there briefly. I had a stint in Australia. It was an, it was an adventure. Um, I almost, I'll tell you this, you want to hear some juicy gossip. (laughs) I almost married an Australian politician. He was the young, I'm not going to say his name because you know, I'm afraid, but no, I'm kidding. But, uh, he was the youngest mayor in Australia, Australia when I was with him. Now he is, he works in parliament. That's all I'll say. But, uh, yeah, I almost married the guy. I was like a housewife because when I was there, I had no, uh, work visa. So I would like mm-hmm. iron his shirts and like make his dinner. And that's how I realized that was, that wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> Is that when you were there for your little stint in seminary? Indeed. Yeah. So I met this guy. I was, I, I decided I wanted to go to seminary. I visited him in Australia. I found a seminary there. I was like, okay, I'm moving here, getting married. I'm going to seminary. So that lasted like six months. <laughs> and I was like, well, this was fun. Back to not this. So, <laughs> so since you have that, that little seminary background, are you going to bring us a church lady? You know, you're going to have to stay tuned for that. You're going to have to watch future seasons and, you know, uh, I'll see, I'll talk to my producer and see what we can do. <laughs> that would be epic. Okay. So what does your mom think about this? Like I, I asked you before we started recording, did you just come out of the womb funny? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, my mom is, speaking of being serious, my mom is a very serious lady. So, you know, whenever I was growing up and being like silly and horsing around, she'd be like, oh, come on, Rach, stop being silly at the dinner table. You know, she was just always exasperated. Like, where did you come from? 
Um, but the truth is she loves the show. I do a mom character on my show that is loosely based on my own mom. It looks like her and somewhat sounds like her. I do exaggerate a little bit, but she, she thinks it's funny. And she tells me all the time, her friends will message her and be like, your daughter's impression of you is spot on. Oh my and I'll God. tell you what, like every couple of weeks, she's like, I don't know why you haven't gone viral. I mean, one of these days, I'm like, thanks. I mean, from your lips to God's ears, mom, because I'm ready for that. <laughs> My mom believes in me. She believes in the virality of awkward marketing. So hopefully one day her, <laughs> you know, but she's into it. She thinks it's funny. She loves That's it. so awesome. Who's your absolutely favorite character to play? Do you have a favorite uh, probably would be my mom and Brad. Brad and my mom are, are two of my favorite. They're just, they, they, I could be in that character all day. And it's funny. You mentioned like doing a funny school or like bringing wigs. So when I do keynote speaking, I do one of my speeches, kind of like my signature talk. I, I come out in character as Brad. Mm. And then I have the audience kind of create their own awkward marketer. And this can be done kind of interactively or in a big stage. And, but before I go on stage, um, and I just did this a couple of weeks ago in Boston, I'm dressed up as Brad and I'm walking around as Brad, like getting into his head and oh my people goodness. never recognize me. They really don't. They don't recognize me. So like, I'll be, well, I'll see a dude and a dude will look at me and kind of be like, and I'll just give him like a bro nod. I'll be like, Hey, what's up? Like, you know how guys do to each other? What's up, bro? You know? And so that's, that's kind of fun. It's like, I actually enjoy that pre talk ritual of walking around like, you know, I'll sit, you know, in the audience with my legs spread really wide, oh like my spreading all over the place, <laughs> just owning it. And you know what's good about that is that Brad, you know, deep down Brad has insecurities. I, I will say this. One of my dear friends, Mike Ganino, is an, a celebrated keynote speaker. He works at Heroic Public Speaking. He's the executive vice president. And before I did my last speak, he was like, you know, you, well, you know what's missing in your talk? You need to find Brad's heart. You need Aww. to find Brad's humanity. <laughs> so I did a little bit of character work on Brad. Brad has some issues with his dad. He does, he's truly deeply insecure. But at least on the surface, Brad is tons of cockiness to deal with his own self-loathing. So when I'm getting prepared for a speech, I bring Brad's cockiness to my prep work because mm-hmm. it helps me get over my own nerves. So I'm just like yeah. sitting there, yeah, I own the stage. It belongs to me, you know? So... I don't believe that you have you have nerves. I don't believe you for a second. You know what? I'll say this. When I was in the theater, I never had nerves. There was something about it. I was never nervous. But when you're doing speaking, like keynote speaking, it's not just about entertainment. You have to bring it. So the nerves mm-hmm. always are like, am I going to bring value? Are people going to walk away from this with actionable takeaways? Are they going to laugh today? Are they in the mood yeah. for that? Because you're not going to do a comedy show. You're going to you know, obviously the humor is there to disrupt and get people to sit up in their seats and pay attention. But at the end of the day, if you don't deliver, mm-hmm. people are going to be yawning. They're not going to be listening. They're going to be walking out. That's my nightmare. Like people like walking out in the middle being like, this oh, is yeah. garbage. I'm done. You know, that's my fear. So that's where the nerves comes from. That's, I really do have them. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is a lot of pressure to deliver, especially when you're talking marketing. I mean, mm-hmm. I think marketing is, um, is so frustrating for so many people. First of all, finding their voice. So since you, since you have so many voices and so many personas, let's, let's use me for an example. Like, what would you tell me is like, how, how do I start finding my voice? Let's pretend I'm like brand new. I'm just starting out. How, how do I find that voice so I can, like real me shines through? 
So I'm going to answer this in kind of like a roundabout way. And I'm going to say what a lot of people get wrong about branding is they think of it as, and marketing, they think of it as like, I'm going to shout at my audience or I'm going to like just spray my audience with what I think my brand should be. Right. And the thing about branding that's different than like just being yourself, like different than, you know, finding yourself as a person versus a marketer is branding is a dance. It's an Mm -hmm. interaction that you have. It's a relationship with your audience versus being a monologue or performance for your audience. And so one kind of way to get, you know, come into your brand voice, which as I said, is, I think this is something people get confused about. They Mm -hmm. think like, you know, authenticity in your marketing means like just being yourself, your total self. Right. And I mean, a lot of people think because I have such a bold brand personality, that must mean I'm just like myself and that's what I am. I just show up that way. Certainly I do have elements of my real self in there, mm-hmm. but you find it, it is an expression of, okay, what do I, do my clients say and again, get and again, they love about me. What, mm-hmm. when I'm having a conversation with someone, do they kind of their ears perk up and they pay more attention? Mm-hmm. What, are, you know, the ways that when I communicate with my, my customers or with through content that people really pay attention and they share and they get engaged. And they, those are the things, you know, when you key into that, that's what you shape your voice around. And it's not necessarily like you're not, give, you're not becoming someone else for someone, mm-hmm. but it is paying attention to what parts of my natural skill set are resonating most. And then okay. turning up the volume on that. You know oh, what I'm I saying? I like that. Yeah, I really like that. What part of your natural skill set is resonating the most? I love that. Yeah, and then double, triple, quadruple down on that thing. Wow. There you go. You can take that to Vegas. <laughs> I love it. Oh, and my at the God. end of the day, that's actually, I think I heard like a version of this from Gary Vee. I know, Gary Vee. He said something like this years ago, and I, it really made me think because I was like, it gave me an aha moment where I was like, dude, you know what? I have this comedy thing that people love, they enjoy. That's definitely a part of my personality that resonates with my clients, with my friends, with people around me. And that's something that is a differentiator. It's not something that everybody's using. So that's mm-hmm. when I kind of had that light bulb of being like, dude, I need to double down on this. Yeah. This thing about me is something people enjoy it's a unique way of communicating and it is uh, unique and different, right? And so right. that's where I was kind of like, I need to go all the way. Yeah. With this comedy thing. And it was, so thanks, Gary Vee. You did something good for me in my life, you know? <laughs> so when does your next class open? So my next class is opening in like a week. I'm, I'm uh, so I don't know when this is going to air. So, you know... <laughs> It's opening oh, no. in June or, or September or October. It's opening soon. It's just opening soon, whenever it is in the year. But I do one in the spring, late spring, like beginning of June. And then I do one um, towards the end of the year in like October, November. So, okay. yeah. Okay. We're probably it's a fun. Not. It's a wild ride. We're, yeah. We're not going to air probably until July. So, so people that are listening, we're recording in May. Right. So they can catch you. So it is kind of soon for, for July. It's like, it's around the corner. Just keep yeah. your eyes peeled for it. It's always yeah. coming. But in the meantime, you have to go to Awkward Marketing and you have to grab every piece of opt-in that you can get your little hands on because I'm telling you, I put my name out there. I put my name on you, Rachel. 
<laughs> the pressure is real. Now I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I can keep going with all this. <laughs> Just a little bit of pressure, queen. <laughs> We're having too much fun. You have been just such a delight. I'm I'm so thrilled that you had time to come on, especially when you're in that mass production season and you have a baby. So do you do a scene and then change a diaper and do a scene and feed the baby? I don't even know how you do this. I mean, that is, I do do, I do take breaks to feed her. Um, but I will say this. So uh, behind every RKA is a great Roberto. My husband, Roberto, is a stay-at-home dad. Aww. So he, you know, so I'm holding down the business for it and I'm bringing in, I'm, you know, paying the bills and he is locking down the dad thing. So um, I do, That's I do nurse her still. So I still got to do that. But I, I mean, I couldn't do the, all the things that I do if I didn't have that support from him. So it's really, I'm very fortunate. Very, very fortunate. I love that. Shout out to Roberto. Nice yeah. job, buddy. Way to go. All right. Can you give us a little teaser of what's coming in the fall that you're shooting for now? Well, I'll just say uh, you're going to see some familiar faces. I don't know if those faces are going to be mine. And we're going to have a new format coming out in, in for future episodes. So that's what I'll say about that. I love it. I can't wait. All right, you guys. Rachel K. Albers, known as RKA Inc. Everything's going to be linked below in the show notes. Honestly, if you're just having a bad day, watch her. You will not be having a bad day anymore. And grab, she's got all kinds of freebies that you can opt in for and take her class. Find your funny. Don't leave funny on the table. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much. How funny was that? Honestly, I want to hear from you. What was your favorite part? My favorite part, of course, was when Brad showed up. Everybody has known a Brad or two in their lifetime. I've got everything linked below for you in the show notes. Make sure that you stop in and say hello to Rachel. Let her know that you heard her on my show. And until next time, friends, I wish you every good thing.